0: All right. We are live. Good morning, fo- or good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever time zone you're at. This is a another episode of Rico Rant Sunday Talks. And uh, if you were here for the last stream with Angie Moon, then you should already know this spiel. But I'll say it again for those of you who haven't seen it or don't know. Uh, I am doing this not just to talk to people and show y'all how to engage with folks, but I'm also doing this for fundraising for my... Um, the my local Habitat for Humanities neighborhood revitalization committee that I that I uh, that I that I'm a part of. So if you would be so kind as to donate to it, or at least share uh, this chat, or you know the donation and whatnot, you'll find the link in the description below. And if you're going to donate, make sure you annotate that it is specifically for the neighborhood revitalization committee, or in short, the NR committee, or you could just say for Rico. Like for whatever Rico's doing. They'll know because I'm a part of the committee and that'll be that. So I'd greatly appreciate if you did. We need all the money we can get because that's the thing about nonprofits is there are plenty of motivated people running to help, ready, willing and ready to help people. It's just we ain't got no damn money. <laughs> so we need every dime we can get. So with that being said, since you already know who I am. Uh, today I have with me the ambitious uh Progressive American, also known as uh, named Connor James Kelly. Connor, if you'd be so kind to the, the, introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, thank you Rico. Uh, it's my first time on here, but I really appreciate it. So as Rico noted, my name is Connor Kelly. I run the channel known as the Progressive American. I also write on medium and I'm a public historian and political science major. Um, but I' just started off my work on here. To try and communicate uh, issues of political significance, and to try and not only deal with some of the craziness online, but also to contribute my two cents and learn along the way. So uh, I'm I've been on multiple campaigns, but for the most part, I'm just here to try and speak my two cents and try to help out wherever I can.
0: And so we can do, if you'd be so kind, is to post a link to your uh, to your YouTube channel and your medium, and you're gonna have to do it. In the YouTube, uh, like like if you go to the to the YouTube of this stream and put it in the chat there, so that the audience can see it, uh, can look at your work, if they, if they if they at all feel so inclined to do so. And I so that recommend would be through this. the um, the
1: YouTube, the yeah. YouTube because yeah, yeah, you
0: because you, you can't post anything here on the the okay. comments on streamyard only the host can.
1: I will do that right now.
0: All right, and which but yes, i highly recommend uh, y'all. Check out Connor's work. Man has the damn good political analysis, and uh, I think he what he has to say is worth at least hearing out. And also, and also he he has a thick skin, so he can if you if you got any criticisms, he can take it. I promise you. Yep. So, Connor, you wanted to talk about some things. By all means, the ball the the floor is where to get it started.
1: All righty. So uh, and, I don't. Uh, did you post
0: the I, Are you good on that?
1: As we all know, there has been a bit of a problem with the current decisions by the administration to sue over 50 times uh, to overturn the election. And fundamentally, my issue right now is that it is part of a larger problem. We have, for some reason, and I don't quite know the reason yet, is that we have a culture that seems to particularly on the right, disregard cult, political and social norms surrounding how we handle elections and how we just handle politics in general. I, and part of me thinks that when we see people like Trump, people like Rudy Giuliani uh, and others like them going on about vast conspiracy theories, it speaks to a sort of contempt for politics. Uh, There is this attitude, I think, uh, could arguably construe to Reagan's idea that government is not the solution, it's the problem, and by extension, politics is not the solution, it's the problem. But I think more than that, we have a developing attitude on the right that seems to believe that everything that does not go their way, everything that is fundamentally different from them, is a threat to their political liberty, their... Their ability to organize, they they view it so much as a threat that they can are contemptuous towards it. Um, yeah. The recently, the my pillow guy, uh, Mike Linnell, I believe his name is, recently yeah. started going off about how it was stolen from Trump, even though the Supreme Court has explicitly said you guys have no standing. Yeah. And now um, Diamond and Silk, with their massive <laughs> following, said that if the Supreme Court won't change anything, the military will. I mean we have a serious and, problem on the right.
0: Yeah, no, it's they uh, they have gotten to a point of taking that logical conclusion and basically just always seeing all politics, like just just unnuanced, just ridiculously, cartoonishly bad um, assessment of politics in our political system as just, be, like, the, this logical conclusion is essentially the whole thing it's not that they're wrong, it's that the whole thing from the top down is out to get them and just is, is conspiring against them. The whole thing. It's not that they're wrong. It's not that they don't have any evidence or facts to back up their assertions and conspiracies and whatnot. It's that the whole system is conspiring against them and and everyone, including the Trump-appointed judges, Republican like die, like uh, lifetime Republican politicians, just everybody, everybody is somehow out to out, out to get Trump and out to and by a proxy out to get them. They can't be wrong, and that's a huge fucking problem. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah.
1: And and the, the other thing is I think we have an attitude in, in the, the broader American political culture that seems to see government not as a fundamentally important part of serving the country, serving the people, belonging to the people. But I think we have a culture that sees government as inherently dirty, as the ability to regulate society as a naturally dirty thing. And this pessimistic attitude, I think, lends credence to what the Republicans do. Because yeah. someone can say, I mean, they, oh, ran, they
0: ran on government bad for so fucking long while being in government and making things worse. And then they just, they just always run on government bad, government bad, government bad. But I'm like, we need government. That's how that, and not just now we need government, government is never going to go away. So that's the whole. That's the, the organizing system, uh, uh, function of any like any civilized society. That's just how it goes. Like you know, what I mean, if we didn't have like government in, in like a federal government, whatever the case may be, a organized governing body that you know organizes and you know governs and regulates the people will always form because that's just what happens. So when they uh, foundationally organize like or run on being opposed to that they're essentially uh, opposing nothing because they could just kind of use, because just say just all of it bad, but at the same time it's unavoidable, And it's just, it's just a, a whole bunch of extremely contradictory views and it's just a whole mess. And that's how we are at where, we're at, where these guys have just a fundamental misunderstanding of even the most basic of shit regarding government and, and politics and society and over- overall.
1: Yeah, and, and more than that, I think it, it's this attitude of I, – I know you've probably heard this phrase. It's a JFK quote where they always say, oh, uh, these left-wing politicians, they they want more services. They want a minimum wage or what have you, and they'll say, oh, ask not what your government can do for you but what you can do for your country. Now, most of them don't know that that quote was kind of an evasion on the part of Kennedy to uh, justify – is military interventions and was sort of saying join the military. Yeah. Um, but more than that, it seems to me that our society does not view the government as an extension of itself as it should.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, that,
1: and it sees it more as an intervening power in a society that existed before it.
0: And I actually have a reason I believe that that is to be the case, and that's because simply it's like because getting involved in government is so inaccessible to most people people don't see it as a part of their society In the way in the same way you see like public schools or libraries or law enforcement or fire departments or whatever the case may be these things that are readily accessible and available to be involved in or become a part of for everybody versus government where it's effectively priced out most people effectively made it so most people can not actually get involved with government in any real meaningful fashion. So they people have come to seeing government as a com- like I said, a completely separate, almost like uh, alien entity within our country. And it's just like, well, everything else functions just fine. We don't need the government. But I'm like, they function be covered the government, but again, it's called it's called this kind of cognitive dissonance. Yep. you know what I mean?
1: Well, and and that's the other thing. I think a lot of people look at government and most of the time they mean the federal government. And they yeah. don't realize how much influence they can have on the local level. Uh, recently, one of the people I know on my street is running for trustee position and now has the endorsement of the local the local Democratic Party in their support. I mean, so like, if you can get interact with people and sometimes get connected to the local political system, you can create significant change and win. I mean, my home county of DuPage County has not only – seen itself turning a little more purple than it has in the past, but has seen a outgrowth of support for the Black Lives Matter movement. There was a ma- a large amount of demonstrations in Naperville, uh, which is my hometown. I don't – I'm not registered there. Um, yeah. And they saw numerous incidents of people acting out, speaking out, had the local ACU involved. So sometimes the ability to make government work for you is not just – oh, let's, let's go to the federal government. Let's put people in the Congress. Sometimes it's like, hey, what can we do for the property taxes in our community? What can we do for the tenants in this uh, in this apartment complex that are literally two feet away from the, the town hall? I mean, that, hey. those are the things that also sometimes connect people to their government.
0: Yeah, and that's what I would definitely a, a encourage people to do because, yeah, people think way too big scale – when the most important thing you can do is locally truly the most important thing you can do is going to start at the local level you know what i mean like with me i work with uh, the habitat for humanity in my community uh specifically the neighborhood revitalization committee and with our program involved like is we're going to be uh helping low-income neighborhoods essentially revitalize their communities we, you know do uh cleanups and uh uh, rebuilding and rebuilding houses and whatnot, you know, uh, housing homeless veterans, you know what I mean, so on and so forth. Like, the best thing you can do, like, it all starts locally. You can get involved, you don't have you, again, you don't even have to get become a part of a partisan institution like the Democratic Party or Republican Party, you know what I mean. You don't have to. You, if the goal should be, I would think, if you're involved in politics, is to help people or to make positive change. It's gonna start at your local level, so focus there. Look around you. What can like who's doing what, and what can you do to help? And do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, some of the commenters in on your video, they're pointing out the media, and so I I mean there is an element I think of uh, media outlets, sort of. Uh, not only not discussing the very real human things that people have to deal with, such as their material needs, their rent is one of the big ones right now because there's a housing crisis, but ultimately there's a a desire to treat the people like they're responding to a top down authority rather than just people trying to live with their material needs. I mean, a lot of the discussion surrounding uh, housing and rent is being treated like a partisan talking point when the reality is these are people's lives. The pandemic has consistently affected the way we handle this. So on the one hand, on the right, we've got a problem with a contempt for politics. But then there's also a media problem with um, people not being treated as people. They're treated as part of a political unit rather than something more human, and grassroots.
0: Yeah, and again, all that is... Uh, everybody has their reasons. Like I said, if you're talking like mainstream media outlets, fucking um, like you say, like Fox News, CNN, ABC, all, the, all the, the bigger national, the international news outlets, again, they have vested interest in what they do and how they uh, inform the public. You know what I mean? It's it's corporate-owned by and large, so they can't... They can inform so long as this said information doesn't, uh, you know negatively impact their bottom line to that extent you know what i mean so yeah everybody every media outlet be they big or small has a reason for what they're doing I and mean, you say media is not designed to inform but to indoctrinate well i mean all media to some degree is yeah like it's like i i so take me for example the media I, the media i put out yeah you know, i'm here to also inform. i am here to inform you but i'm also here to you know push my values push my views push my beliefs and hopefully change your mind to aligning with what I believe in that's media anyone who, like that's why I said before my rules to you and I said for everybody like I'm not unbiased and I don't imper- I don't pretend to be so anyone who's trying to convince you that they are is full of shit. No one no one is fucking anyone I swear to you anybody who tries to market themselves as an unbiased source of information is full of shit. Because it's our, our our biases do inform how we go about uh inter- engaging with people and putting out our information. You know what I mean? But going on back to what you were saying, before where we the original conversation about? Because I do I know you're addressing the comments, but this was not what you originally wanted to talk about. So, yeah, all right, no, that's all right. It's like yeah, let's not get sidetracked too much.
1: So yeah. Um... But I think right now, fundamentally, we have, and I said this in my video, and I'm sure I'm going to get some heat for it, but I, I do think there's a certain fascistic element on the right. Uh, not all people on the right, not all members of the Republican Party that is that are, like, fascistic in their nature, but there is a certain conspiracy-minded group, like the Alex Joneses, the the Diamond and Silks, yeah. Jenna Ellis, and those kinds. There is a fundamental uh, view that despite them not being the majority of the people in the body politic, they are the people who believe that they're the real Americans, and they will do whatever they can to cut out those who are not real Americans. I mean, the that's what I've been told America. for
0: decades. That's been a talking point for decades about real America, real America, the real Americans. You know what I mean? And the thing is, we're... There- There is no fake Americans. America is all over the place. I've been all over this country and i talked to all kinds of people and i tell you, there ain't no one America. There ain't no real America. It's all real America. You know what I mean? It's just, hell, these states alone are bigger than or the size of whole countries. You know what I mean? So you travel throughout one state alone and you're going to find a whole bunch of different Americas. You know what I mean? So imagine traveling throughout the entire country. There's a whole lot of real Americas, a whole lot of different Americas, and it's all America, all of it. You know what I mean? Whether you like it or not, it's all America. And anyone who tries to run on being the real Americans, again, is also full of shit. And It thinks a little too highly of themselves.
1: Oh, yeah, and then not only that, but when you have um, the the presupposed view that you're the real Americans, it, is, it inevitably invalidates the way that people have material concerns. Uh, going back to renta as an example, yeah. the it, the way it's framed by certain members of the right is just a cash bailout for whomever. When in reality, it's it's people who are working, they're living their lives, and yet they're paying the, they're suffering from a pandemic that their government was supposed to protect them from. And so they're not the real Americans because they're asking the government for something, a service that they've already kind of paid for. Um, So there's that. And then there's also the fact that we have uh, a certain percentage of the Republican Party that views any sort of shift to the left on an issue or um, any attempt to critique our current state uh, way of dealing with things as some socialist enterprise. It, it, in my opinion, fascism starts with a fear of the left and yeah. an unwillingness to work with general progressives. I, I, there is I would, a certain element to that.
0: I would think it starts with a conspiracy-minded outlook on the world, no more, much less so a fear of the left, but a conspiracy-minded outlook of this belief that the world is, cons- is, is conspiring to get you. Some, or some amorphous uh, enemy is out to, get, out to get you, is conspiring to get you, that all your problems are because of some, uh, some giant, you know, all-powerful, all-consuming cabal of elites that have their, hand, their tendrils in every facet of society that you don't belong in. So therefore, everyone that's not a part of your group, everyone outside of your group, outside of your in-group, it's functionally the enemy and out to get you. That's what I would say is the foundation of fascist, uh, fascist ide- ideologies and, and movements. It's why they can just essentially turn on anyone and everyone on a dime. Why effectively everyone is their enemies. Like it, it's just, if, if where the only unifying principle is, are you on my side? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like you, you have to stay, like you have to always believe in what they believe in. You cannot deviate from that. And anyone who does will get turned on again, like right now, the Supreme Court. They were, they were, they all, oh, oh, they they loved Amy Comey Barrett uh, when Trump was putting her up there. They believed in her, like, hell yeah. He's like, they're gonna they're gonna ensure Trump wins it, yada yada yada, it's the whole thing. And then the entirety of the Supreme Court turned on. The entirety of the Supreme Court did not, they're like, no, we don't want to hear you. you. hear this, you have no standing. And rather than think for a second. That they really didn't have any standing, they instead came to the conclusion that it's the Supreme Court is is corrupt too, and out to get them too. That they were actually the enemies too, and that's how it worked. It's a conspiracy-minded world where you can basically, again, if you're not doing what they want, you are their enemy. So even well, if you were for, even if you were formerly an ally that they that they celebrated, now they're the enemies. Now you're the enemies.
1: Well, and not only that, but I think, and I agree with you, conspiracy-minded approaches are fundamentally the centerpiece of it. But what I mean, like, fascism starts with the fear of the left. Historically, that's where it started. There's this enemy that they don't like, that they don't approve of, and it's usually somebody who's trying to change the social fabric of whatever given country. in. In 1930s Germany, it was the Social Democrats and the Communists and then with uh, Mussolini, it was yep. communists and liberals. It's a yep. consistent thing. Those who yep. challenge the social fabric of society become the, the scapegoat in the conspiracy. Yep. And you see this with AOC being treated as this dangerous threat where in many other uh, European countries, she would be considered like labor or social democratic or any other social democratic yeah. party.
0: I'm um, fucking accusing Biden of being a fucking uh, communist, neo-Marxist, socialist, and all that. I'm just like, do y'all know who Biden is? Have y'all seen this guy's record? Like, what are you talking... What the fuck are you talking about? Like, like you don't have to like him for sure, but like, th- what? Do you like you you're calling Joe Biden a communist? Like, are you? And that's what it goes back to. Is just they like you say it's the left that they're always out to get. And I'm like, I just I can't even really with that. But it's simply because they will they will call you whatever it doesn't matter if you're not a leftist they'll just use like yes the left label wise has been is by, by and large is the go-to boogeyman but the reality is again they will call you whatever yep. it doesn't matter what your actual record is it doesn't matter what you've e- actually ever said and done they will just call you they will call you whatever they need to call you even again even if you were on their side for the whole, uh, uh, the whole time until you did the thing they didn't like. Now Amy Comey Barrett and all of them are communists. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like well, are you, I'm like,
1: I mean, yeah, and and there's also just this fundamental unwillingness to accept the fact that in our country at least, politics is supposed to be the giving and taking of ideas. Yeah. Now obviously there's material conditions and. Uh, elite control of of the political system ever since we had that stupid law case and i'm blanking on the name right now that allowed unlimited amounts of donors and allowed Uh, citizens
0: united
1: yep that thank you very much yeah citizens united i mean so we have this fundamental problem with the way we talk about politics and the way the right treats it And it's bleeding into our our political culture, and it's been bleeding into our political culture arguably since Reagan. And now with social media rewarding this, frankly, crazed perspective, we have a significant portion of the population that thinks and acts as if everyone is out to get them when things intersect more and are more complicated than that. Um, Yeah. And the thing that I worry about is how much of this um, perspective will bleed over into the more into the center. because sen- the center is very easily influenced by the far right. Yeah. It's and that's the, where it's, it's the
0: far right narratives all the time, all the time.
1: Oh yeah. And like when someone called um, AOC a socialist, my question is which type? because that that will demonstrate how they act they're a social democrat then they're not going to disregard democratic norms and chances are you're not going to see at least in theory the level of abuse of power that you might see from more totalitarian ideologies and even then there's some variation and debate there so like i think when we have these discussions we need to seriously look at how we as a country want to be how we as a political system want to be. So.
0: Yeah. You see and that? I
1: just saw the comment.
0: <laughs> you just yeah. put, okay. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I, I
1: saw that you were putting my comments up earlier yesterday, earlier today. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he's going to put up one that catches me off guard.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, so again, that's why I love StreamYard. I think that is fucking awesome to be able to do. I really do. I think that is genuinely like it just adds a new, an extra little layer of fun to it when you can just put a big old comment right there, especially the funny ones up there. I love it. But um, yeah, no, it is back to what you're saying. There is, I would say, a an absolutely a fundamental problem with how people view society and government is how we got here. Because like we like we were just saying earlier, that separation. Uh, between people and government is why people imagine the government to be just kind of like how they see in the movies, you know, some gigantic, hyper-competent, secretive cabal of, you know, of lies and espionage and yada, 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 when the truth is more often than not far more mundane, complicated, and just not as interesting as we'd like it to be. Not as crazy as it'd like it to be. Just like I said... The reason why so many uh, the government has been ran the way that it is is because the the simple reality is that even though legally anybody can effectively get involved in government, functionally the only people that can get involved in government are, are the people who can afford to, the people who've got money like that to be able to do so. Because like if you look at say how much a state senator gets paid, you want to know how much a state senator gets paid here in North Carolina? How much? Basically, for about fourteen thousand a year. Damn. Can you imagine living off 14000 a year? No, oh, it, would, no. it would be impossible. Impossible. I, I know I couldn't. I don't know anybody who could. But guess who can? Wealthy people. That's why the only people that end up going for those positions are the people who can already afford to actually live in and maintain those positions. And because that's not just including the, the shit fucking state salary. You also have to move and live near the capital. Yep. you know what i mean which is an expensive place to live and 14,000 a year will not cover that cost of living up there near the capital
1: yeah absolutely it's not and that's so one of the functionally- prices- oh, oh you- absolutely and you're you're absolutely right on that um that's one of the reasons like when i hear and fundamentally i think on the local level there needs to be more support just in general for People running for public office. We need to democratize the way we run for public office. And I know some people objected to when I said it starts locally, but just because something starts locally does not mean it is easy. Make yeah. no mistake, oh. I am not suggesting in any capacity that it is easy.
0: One second. It's actually, thank you, Vany anyone because that's a good point I forgot to make as well. It's either the only people that can functionally get involved in our government are people that are already wealthy or the people who sell out because it yep. really is pay-to-play. If yep. you don't have the money to do it, you effectively you effectively can't. Yep. You, you can't. So you end up having to sell out just to even get a seat at the, to get an opportunity to get a seat at the table.
1: Well, and, and there's the other thing that I think – for me, I, I think we really need to start talking about less just about like, oh, what's the right doing, but more what are we going to do to put our people – into positions that actually get things done, whether that's locally or federally. And it means building our own institutions. We need yes. to start building local ones too, because like you said, being running for local office usually is the position of the, of the rich and the well-off. So we need to be able to support people who are...
0: And we can now, thanks to... Because uh, back in the day, before internet and crowdfunding, yeah, effectively you couldn't. But now, thanks to internet and crowdfunding and whatnot, online crowdfunding is made extremely streamlined and easy. We effectively can. So it just comes down to being an effective organizer to be able to out organize the big money interests that can just pay their way into whatever. You know what I mean? Money doesn't win anymore. It's just now that we can organize, we can out organize them by raising the money we need to put our people in the right places. We can beat them. It can be done. It just comes down to being an effective enough organizer.
1: Yeah, and then there's also the fact that, like, local politics specifically, you know who your per- who the person you're dealing with is. Like, I know the mayor of my hometown. He refuses to he refused to vote for a mask mandate that he once said he supported, and now he got mad because I showed up in his Facebook comments, like literally within ten minutes afterwards, and told him off.
0: That's uh, the big uh, thing. You can reach your local. You any if it, local? You can reach them. You can reach yeah. all of them.
1: And, and many of these, uh, these politicians don't expect uh, the common people to do anything about it. People to confront them on their issues. And I say confront them. I mean, th- that's just the other thing. We have to have this attitude that the government is ours. Yes. The government of the people by the people should not perish, and it should not be timid.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what goes back to this right here. Like, the government is not some abstract boogeyman. It is a part of our society. It is ours. We are a part of this, and you shouldn't be afraid to voice your concerns or criticisms or to even just straight up call these motherfuckers out for failing to uphold the, uh, the duties of their office. Like, you if you see that your local poli- your local representative or whatever just basically has been doing fuck all the entire time they've been in office, you know what I mean? Say something. No. Make it, like, let people know. Like, hey, you know, our guy's kind of just been sitting on his ass the whole time. Like, literally, like, his job is to do this thing, and he hasn't actually been doing it the entire time he's been there. Say something.
1: Yeah, and and the thing is, the the whole free speech is not just a matter of, like, oh, you have this right, but it's a weapon in and of itself. We can and should use our voice to speak out against politicians and particularly those who don't do anything, even if they're in our own party. Yeah. Um, the the more we get people to fight for what we need and what we believe in, the sooner we can actually see people get the things that protect their livelihoods. I mean, let's be clear. Mitch McConnell is the one holding up pretty much all the debates about stimulus packages. He's the one who's holding back pretty much every major policy. And yet you've got people like Bernie Sanders. Uh, the the. Um, uh, what was the word I was gonna say? Uh, he's the one who's hold up things, and yet you got people like Bernie Sanders working with some Republicans for stimulus packages.
0: Yeah, you. Uh, you that's, another, that's another big thing is on the, on the nature of partisanship. Is yeah, you don't you you have to work with people, you do, even people from opposing sides and whatnot, because that's just how the game goes. And a way you do, to do that, at least, and my my method that's worked for me is I appeal to people's self-interest. Like You try to you, you cut through the partisan talking points and all that jazz, and I don't make moral arguments. I talk about it from it is in our best interest to do this thing. Here's why. You know what I mean? That's why you've got Republicans like, uh, Republicans in the House and whatnot supporting uh, stimulus checks and whatnot. In fact, it's been pretty unanimous about the stimulus checks. It's literally just been Congress and specifically Mitch McConnell that's held that shit up. I mean, Pelosi made some dumb calls herself on that trying to because uh, he didn't want to, she didn't want to risk losing the election uh, to Trump. But even still, again, it's there's a lot more that goes into this. It really is it's not as simple as people make it out would like would like it to be.
1: Oh yeah, and then and here's another thing. And I know someone else uh, mentioned it earlier, but media also affects the way we handle this. And when and part of my problem right now is. A lot of media outlets aren't willing to just say, yes, this party did something stupid. It's always a both sides thing. They, Republicans oh, yeah. say this, Democrats say this. I'm like, okay, sure. But which one of them said the right thing?
0: Yeah, they try to, to speak of things in the church. vaguest of terms when, when really we need to know unequivocally who is doing what and why. They yeah. try to make it sound like government and gridlock. I'm like, is it gridlock or is there somebody holding this shit up? Like, who is it? What's happening? Like, who is causing this? you kind
1: of need to know. Yeah. And and the thing is, the sooner there is accountability in terms of our culture, political our political culture, but also in our institutions, the sooner we can whole prevent a a fascist tide within right-wing parties. Because fundamentally, fascism gets in wherever it can. It,
0: everywhere.
1: It it will it's like a snake in the in the grass. It moves and it will avoid whatever threatens it. So you need to put threats everywhere. Um, but I also think that we have just uh, – we fundamentally see this rise, and we don't have a lot of people able to, su- to oppose it because fundamentally our political institutions don't support op- that opposition, but also because the way we talk about politics itself is wrong.
0: Yeah. No, I said and that's, that's why I do what I do. That's why you do what you do. Because yeah, it's the way we have engaged with politics for the longest time up to this point has not been good. And also another interesting thing on that note, actually, something that has definitely caught my eye. And it's, it's what caused me to feel a kind of imposter syndrome for the longest time. You know, seeing people that you thought was insightful or intelligent turn out to be kind of really, actually really fucking dumb. It's that it's very easy, it turns out, to say things that are objectively correct. You know what I mean? Something that's just honestly undeniable and you think, oh, wow, this guy gets it. But then you peel past that surface of them just basically stating the obvious or what should be obvious and you realize they're not as insightful on these matters as you initially thought they were. You know what I mean? So I would say on you all, maybe don't... Like, I get it. It's very easy to fall into that. I've done it myself. I have... I used to like a lot of people, uh, media people, who you'll know, say things that, at, at the time, I thought was incredibly insightful. But having gained more knowledge myself, I realized all they were doing was stating the obvious, or again, what what should have been the obvious. And that when you actually dig deeper into like actual strategy, or you know, overall competence when it comes to organizing and networking and all that jazz. And rhetoric. It turns out they don't understand anything more than their paper-thin understanding of politics.
1: Yeah, and I'd I'd say a broken clock, even a broken clock is right twice. twice. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, don't don't attach yourself to any one person. Don't attach yourself to me. Don't attach yourself to Rico. Except with subscriber counts, That's, that's another thing. Uh, But no, like don't attach yourself to any one person and don't be afraid to learn for yourself on the ground what it's like to operate politically. Uh, Just three years ago, I wasn't involved in politics all that much, save for one volunteer job I did for a congressman. And even then, I wasn't all that good. Now, I'm still I would still consider myself a learner. And I, I think politics, to some extent, is the art of learning how to organize, Yeah. but now I feel a lot more comfortable not only talking about these issues, but actively participating with local officials, whether they be in the town I'm registered in, Dubuque, or where I live right now, Naperville. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy working with as many people as I can because I've learned how to.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing I want to stress on that as well. Do not be afraid to fuck up. Yes. You're going to get into this game. Some of you will probably make the mistake of thinking that you need to just know 50 years worth of context, like every last in and out of everything before you can talk about these things or address any issues. No, you don't have that. You need a fucking master's in political science to understand that uh, the potholes aren't getting fixed and the people in charge of fixing it aren't doing it. You know what I mean? You you, you don't need to have an in-depth fucking knowledge of government, foreign policy, and all these things to be able to talk about these things. You just need to uh, try to learn and be open to changing. Because, again, you can get it wrong. You may well get it wrong. I've been wrong. I will confidently talk, without a doubt, from my perspective and my uh, interpretation and understanding of things going on. But I will not hesitate to correct myself if I'm wrong. That's the big thing. Like, I... Because I, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong in the long term. I'm confident in my ability to speak on whatever the fuck. But at the same time, I know that I can be wrong. And so, my because and how I've gotten better, how I've gotten so good, and I would say pretty fucking insightful, is because of my willingness to, to change and grow and refine my views, because, you know, I, it's very easy to get it wrong. Like a a common one people make all the time will be like, oh, both sides are the same. I used to think that, too, until I refined my views more and more and realized, no, they're not the same. That's not how that works. That's never been how that works. That is an overly simplistic view of how things are working, why things are the way they are. So that's what I mean by that. You know, be willing to refine your views to make corrections where they need to be and grow
1: oh jesus that was an ad that just for some reason came up no,
0: you but go, um you do.
1: no i mean the thing is uh many times failure serves as a connecting point to your fellow activists um yeah. just uh, just an example from my own experience i was uh driving out to some of the small farm farm communities in iowa from dubuque in uh december which was fun driving out there uh mm-hmm. and one of the things that happened was I got stuck on the side of the road because I had to try and turn around and I got stuck. I nearly flipped my car and had some farmers help pull me out. Couldn't get out. And within like a day, I was talking to about it with other activists on the ground because they had all had the same experience. And from those experiences, I networked with numerous other activists who I had no contact with in that county. So sometimes failure is is embarrassing and frustrating but at the same time it's also the point where you can connect with people the ability to create solidarity and it's the ability to really humble yourself and admit hey guess what stupid thing i did today that 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 resonates with people because we all do stupid things
0: yeah for real and that's why I say unto you, is just, I say unto folks, you throw your ego out the window. You come in this game with a big ass ego and an inability to uh, believe that you can be wrong or get things wrong or fuck up, then you you will become stagnant and just be uh, a one trick pony. Conversely, if uh, you know if you're too, I would say, I guess timid, you know, you're never really gonna say anything. Because like, it doesn't matter if you're right if you don't open your mouth. Yep. It doesn't matter if you knew better, if you never said anything, you know what I mean? That's why I was just like, some people say to me all after the fact about a thing that they knew was the correct choice or answer. And I'm just like, well, why didn't you say anything? And they they're like, they just, you know, kind of mumble about there, but I'm just like, like, it, it doesn't matter if you knew better, if you never said anything. Yep. So you have to say something.
1: Yeah. And, and like, that's the other thing that frustrates me It. We have this problem on the right, but we also have an unwillingness to say it's on the right, and that the right's contributing to it. We need to be able to say no. We, this is the problem, and we need to confront it directly. Uh, right. The reason I think the right's really successful at selling itself is it sticks to its one message, one message, its simplistic message, and we need to be saying no. We will. Government is not the problem. It works for you. That's the message we need to keep saying. The government belongs to you. And if politician A doesn't work for you, we'll give you politician B. Who will?
0: Yeah. We need to be made, outline, make it very clear what the problem is and also very clear how to fix it. And we need to repeat that for sure. You know yep. what I mean? And again, also, again, another big thing is I, I stress oh, so much. Is talk to people where they are, not where you want them to be. So you don't fucking come at people with the jargon and the end game you want if you can't even still talk to, talk to them like where you where they are right now. Like I know I know lots of folks, you know, communists and all that jazz who you know want us to move to communism and all that. And I'm just like, okay, that's cool, you want to get there, but where are we at right now? Like, how do you even yeah. get high? We're not going to get to that from this. I promise you that. So talk to people where we are right now, where we're at, and outline a path towards that way. And I mean an, an, a realistic path. You know what I mean? Don't just say, if we do this, we'll get there. Because there's a, it's not that simple. There's a whole lot of factors that play into this. So don't give people false hope and unrealistic goals. You need to give people achievable goals. Uh, a, a simple enough understanding that they can... Uh, adapt to it and grow from there. You know, and uh, most importantly, to speak to them in a language they understand. Don't use a bunch of jargon that somebody who's uh, knee deep in that shit like you are only understand. You speak to people where they are as they, as what their current understanding of things are. And if you have to fucking hold their hand to get to that conclusion, that's what you gotta do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you ultimately destroy your enemies in part by making friends from your potential enemies. I mean, we have to be able to come to people where they are and say, Hey, were you better off yesterday than you were yesterday? And if the answer is no, then you have to be able to get them to ask the question. Why wasn't that the case? And and you have to be able to speak directly and honestly with them. Organizing is not the art of deception. It's not just some fed talking points. It's, connecting with them. Case in point, I, I got involved in politics in part because I am, I really feel strongly about disability rights because of personal things that I go through. I might, I might talk about that in another video, but in more detail, but like, that's the thing that connects with people. Sometimes being vulnerable or like emotionally, can sometimes be a good thing in talking to people. Because if people know you're real about what you believe and why you believe it, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be as likely to disregard you because you're no longer abstract, you're no longer this nebulous enemy. You're You're human.
0: You're no longer a caricature. You are human. I talked with I've talked with plenty of Republicans and conservatives, and they're all by all more often not they're always blown away by me because they, in their mind, their idea of a Democrat didn't match me. Yep. Because again, they have an I they have a fixed idea of what what Democrats or liberals or leftists, whatever the hell it is like. That when you talk to them with none of the talking points, but instead of right here, like if you don't trigger that Pavlovian response. You talk to them uh, where they're at. It, the The reality doesn't match the image they have in their mind, and so essentially they correct themselves. They have yeah. to adjust because they're just like, huh? Because he was like. I said I support gun rights. You know, like He was like, a Democrat supports gun rights, I thought. And I was like, yeah, um, North Carolina Democrats are very different from, like, California Democrats. He was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah. You know, I mean, we're not – it's not all the same everywhere. But he well, thought that was the case.
1: And that's the other thing. A, a lot of this is also regional too. Yeah. Um I mean – Illinois politics and in democratic politics are very different from Iowa's democratic politics,
0: very different. Yeah. Uh, and
1: particularly politics. Um, and even in Illinois itself, like we have a Southern belt that is much more rural. And in some cases there's a small coal country community out there. So, I mean, it, simplistic narratives are easy to sell when you're trying to abstract this enemy but removing the abstract nature from it uh, would be a huge step in the right direction to fixing our political culture. And I will admit I don't 100% know how to solve
0: well, all f- the problems
1: we're facing at the moment. Cause this is a work in progress. Like I yeah. said, politics is a learning experience, um, not just for the people involved, but for the people observing.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think the first step we have to, take is admitting that there's a serious problem and we know what that problem is yeah. and i think we have to change the paradigm on how we think about politics first and yeah. foremost
0: first and for our fundamental understanding of politics uh in government and just society and what we really need to change like at the basic level and that's why i'm doing what i'm doing here because I, I don't know, if you already know this but i know my audience is pretty diverse i've made it abundantly clear like i, I want to talk to conservatives republicans libertarians i don't care who you are, I want to talk to you where you're at. So again, if you want to come on the show, just let me know. We can schedule a time to have you on because I'm going to be doing this every Sunday because, yeah, I want to cut through the noise. I want to cut through the caricatures or stereotypes you have in your mind so you can have a more critical uh, you can think more critically and have a better understanding of, uh, of everyone, of everything ideally. I, again, I don't purport to know everything. I do not pretend to. I just try to give you guys, to get you all to think more critically about the world around you. You know what I mean? I do, and again, also, I do not pretend to be unbiased. I do have my own defined beliefs. I do have my own political goals and social ends that I want to see realized. And I will not hesitate to advocate for those things with you. You know what I mean? To try to change your mind. If I don't change your mind, cool beans, but I am going to try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ultimately, I want to... Talk to you all where you're at, and maybe clear up some things that you didn't understand before.
1: Yeah, and then and that's that's just really the thing. Like a lot of times, like I I write on the side as an opinion writer and editor at my college, and one of the things that I got heat for was my state of mind, I my opinions, and one of the people I said uh, talked to, he said, "Oh, you're 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 biased," and I said to him did you not read the opinion section? It's literally, it's. It, did you not read the title, opinion? Um, no, I mean, people don't be afraid to say this is where I stand and yeah. you're going to have to respect that because yeah. ultimately you have your reasons for what you stand for and what you fight for. And having a strong opinion is not, and nor will it ever be, uh, the same thing as being stubborn or unwillingness to listen.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: strength is not being belligerent and other things like that it's it's being able to say here's my reasons for what i believe here's what i think it will do and you listen to me and i'll listen to you yeah that's fundamentally what strength uh, at least on this interpersonal level should be and is
0: yeah no i'm saying like i said i'm flexible i'm willing to change but at the same time, yeah, I do, I have my defined beliefs like regarding healthcare. Like I says I'm not folding on that one. You know what I mean? I know where I, I know I want a single payer universal healthcare system, and I'm not folding on that. How we go about doing it is, it, is up for this, is up for debate. But I'm not folding on that belief that that's that it's not only possible, but that's absolutely what we need. And that's where the conversation starts with me. It like I don't it, you're not, I like I would say to people, you're not going to change my mind on that. Oh the only thing I want to discuss is how we go about doing it. And that's okay, I
1: would say to you, you know what I mean? It's okay. Well, and uh, I, I don't remember where this quote's from, but it says a compass will always tell you where True North is, but it will never tell you about the swamps, the roads, or the trees that are in your way. And if you just follow that compass and only that compass and not the way you get to True North, what the hell is the point of having True North, knowing True North in the first place? You have your goal. Okay. But how you get there and how you enact it in an effective manner is just as important as the goal itself.
0: It's just as important as the goal itself. Absolutely, that was an incredible quote. (laughs) So, with that being said, we're getting towards the time because I got to talk at one. So, I'm opening the floor to questions. If anybody has any questions for uh, for Connor here, they say, "Yeah, y'all ain't got to ask me no questions." I Y'all know where to find me. I'm always around. But having my guests on, I want you guys to ask them specific questions, uh, you know, while I have them here. So, if you have a question of any kind, specifically towards Connor, do not hesitate to ask. This is the time to do it.
1: Is that uh, one coding when you said uh, shelter and food care should not be a should be a fundamental human right, not a privilege? Is that a question for me, or is that just a statement?
0: That, is, that was just my take. That's just a statement. Okay. Well, I'd agree. No, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I mean, if
1: you if you don't have the a roof over your head and you, a means to protect your life, you don't. Yeah, I would agree with that yeah, one, Cody. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right. would agree with that sentiment very firmly because if you don't have a roof over your head and the means to protect your ability to live, then can you really say you have a right to life? Uh, I don't think so. The means by which we protect our life are just as important as the right to life itself.
0: Yeah. You can't separate the basic material needs, the uh, n- uh, necessities to live from the right to life. You can't. You try to tell people you have the freedom to to, to live, but also we're not going to give you anything you actually need to live. Then really you the, the only freedom you have is to uh, try not to die, essentially. That's all that, 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 that becomes all you think about, all you focus on is trying to get those needs rather than actually live. You know, your, your, your focus is surviving, not living. And I don't want people's entire lives to be dedicated to uh, just barely surviving. Because that's not a life. That's not living. That's not freedom. It's pain.
1: it's pain. That's what it is.
0: That's a miserable fucking experience. Anybody who fetishizes the idea of suffering... Uh, of hardship i pro- i'm sorry i you you had i will give you nothing but my ass to kiss because <laughs> that is a mi- misery there's nothing honorable about misery yep,
1: and, and and to be clear it, people who suffer are not less than others who don't but it's it nobody wants to be in that position nobody wants to live in poverty and and People shouldn't be expected to.
0: Okay, am I good? Yeah, sorry, my mic, my mic had, uh, I accidentally knocked it out a little bit. Yep. All right. So, do we have any more, qu- any questions? Any last, let's say, last uh, Last chance, and then I'm gonna, we're going to do the closing statements and all that, and advertisements, and that'll be that a little break before the next talk at 1 o'clock. Wait we till fifty-five minute mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, all right, and five, four, three, two, and one. All right. So with that, then we're gonna go ahead and do our little closing remarks. Um, I'll be having a talk with uh, Vintage Miranda or Miranda. You, she's uh, been a regular on my show, so you know, you you all already know her. Um, at one o'clock on another stream, so I'd hope to see you all there. Uh, same as I said before at the beginning, I am fundraising for my local Habitat for Humanities Neighborhood Revitalization Committee that I'm a, a member of. And if you'd like to donate, uh, the link to the donation page is in the description below on, uh, on YouTube. And um, if you're going to donate, make sure you make, uh, make it apparent that it is for the Neighborhood Revitalization Committee or in our committee for short, or just say it's for Rico and they will know that it's for that committee. Um, so with that being said, Connor, if you'd like to advertise yourself one last time. Alrighty. My name
1: is Connor Kelly. I am the progressive American. You can find me on my channel there and you can also check out my medium, just put in Connor Kelly. I'll, it's in the link in the video. Um, and I'll put it on my Twitter at CJ Kelly, 35 Um, But I'd like to thank Rico for having me. And if there's one takeaway from this stream that you get, is the government and politics are the art of you. It belongs fundamentally to you, the people, and don't let anybody tell you otherwise.
0: That's good. You're damn right. All right, then. With that being said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and end the broadcast. I will see you all at one o'clock if you all carry over to that talk. Uh, Thank you for viewing and see you in a little bit.